Welcome to Off The Record. I'm your host, Marika Day, dietitian, nutritionist, recovering perfectionist, and founder of Fueled by Marika Day. Join me here each week as we delve into what it really means to be a healthy and happy human. You'll hear from conversations with experts in their fields to raw and real chats about aspects of health and life that we really don't hear enough about. You'll be left feeling inspired, educated, and empowered to be the best version of you. So sit back, relax, or head on out for your walk, and let's dive on in. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Off The Record. I am so excited this week that we have a guest back on the podcast. It's been some time now since we've had a guest on the podcast, and boy, does it feel good. So today, I am chatting with Rebecca, or Beck, who is a holistic psychologist who works on the Gold Coast, dream location, And she graduated from James Cook University in Townsville with a Bachelor of Psychology and has since been working with the Australian Defence Force, the criminal justice system and people with disabilities through the NDIS and has now in the last few years just transitioned to her own private practice as a psychologist. So today we are going to talk with Beck about one of her favourite topics, which is self-worth and really dive into what is self-worth and how does it like how is it developed and what can we do to improve our self-worth so that we have more uh, meaningful lives hope you enjoy this chat welcome back to off the record i am so excited to have you here today thank you so much for having me Now, today's episode, we are obviously going to be talking about self-worth because this is your area of expertise and your area of passion. But let's begin. Can you tell me a little bit about you, about your story, and how did you get into doing what you are doing at the moment? Yeah, great question. I was actually not doing psychology to start with. I was actually doing a Bachelor of Education, and I found that it really just didn't I guess, align with me. And during that process, I was actually doing an intro to psychology subject and I fell in love with that. And I decided to completely switch careers um, two years into my education degree. And I've just never looked back. It's, It's so rewarding, I guess, working with psychology and working with people and their mental health. And I guess for me, when I graduated, I really wanted to kind of see as much as I could from the moment I stepped outside of my university. And so my first job was with the Australian Defence Force. So I was helping members that um, were returning from overseas or had an injury and helping them through that. And then from there, I actually worked uh, within the criminal justice system. So I was working in um, and between two prisons which was super interesting and I absolutely loved it. And it was great experience for me, you know, being so early out. That sounds and then like from a, such the, an interesting combination, like defence oh force and gosh. then into the um, criminal justice system. It was. I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, I really throw myself into the deep end. Absolutely. As, <laughs> as you can grad, probably yeah. tell. <laughs> but I think that sometimes, especially because with my degree, we didn't have any placements or anything like that. I found that I really wanted to kind of, you know, do that deep stuff straight out so that, you know, whoever kind of came to me, I I feel like I could have helped. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So then from there, I worked with the NDIS. Um, so I was working with, um, you know, people that have intellectual disabilities, people with autism, and that was a really rewarding career as well. And then from there, I went into private practice and I've been there ever since, which is absolutely amazing. And I love it. Yeah. How good. And what is it that led you into wanting to, I guess, really focus on self-worth? Yeah. So self-worth, I guess, is a topic that I found was very close to my heart. Uh, It's something that I think everyone experiences, you know, maybe a lack of self-worth or, you know, maybe an incident has happened and it's really affected your, I guess, view of your worthiness. And so I find that everyone that kind of walks through my door, there is an element of self-worth that kind of comes into what we work on. And so I really wanted to, I guess, knuckle down and learn as much as I could around self-worth. And it's just something, I guess, that when I read about it or when I work with people on it, it really fills me up, which I think is is really important in our careers in, in health and wellness. Mm, absolutely. And I think it's such an important topic to be talking about. And like you said, I think it's something that everybody at some point in their life is affected by, you know, a low sort of self-worth or, you know, feelings of low self-worth, whether it be temporary or something that is an ongoing issue. Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, just the world we live in um, and I guess, you know, the the fact that working ourselves to the ground is kind of celebrated and, and that obviously affects, you know, our sense of self and obviously social media and the impacts of that you know, even though social media can be so beautiful and, you know, that's how we met, um, I think it can also, you know, really affect our self-worth if we're following the wrong accounts or we're on it too much or we're not intentional in its use. Yeah. So before we move on, I think social media is a really key sort of topic around this um, topic of Mm. self-worth. Yes. Is it something that you are seeing that is having a significant impact on someone's self-worth? Yeah, I definitely am, especially when I talk to, I guess, my clients or even just friends and family around, you know, their use of social media. It's so interesting how we, I guess, subconsciously, you know, and unintentionally use social media. So, you know, a couple of my clients and even myself, to be honest, like I can kind of catch myself getting into what I call a bit of a scroll hole. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, yeah, I've had a lot of free time lately. We're still waiting for my app to be launched. And so I've got more free time than I've ever had. And my screen time is just horrendous. (laughs) Oh, isn't it? Oh, when that notification pops up, I'm like, nope. (laughs) Sunday, that's like the dreaded time of the week when the Sunday screen time (laughs) notification comes. I'm like, oh, God, please be down. Please be down. Yes. It's almost like you kind of kick a goal, right? Like when it is down, it's Absolutely. almost like something to celebrate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think it's just, you know, and depending on, I guess, who we follow as well, that really impacts our, I guess, self-worth because if we're following people that, you know, don't make us feel happy or, you know, we start judging ourselves because of that, that's definitely not someone to follow. And it's okay to have those boundaries of unfollowing those people. Absolutely. And that's something that I've always said is that it doesn't matter like somebody's intentions, they might be well-intended, they might be, you know, promoting a really healthy and balanced message, but if it is impacting your self-worth or if it's impacting you in any way, like if it's triggering you in whatever way, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person or you're a bad person that you need to mute them or unfollow them. 
Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, your, I guess, you know, your feed is something that should be something that fills you up for lack of better words. You know, it should be something that when you get on there, when you're intentionally going on there, it should be something that you can kind of walk away and be okay after. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, checking in with your sort of mood after you've spent done a, yeah. a scroll session is um, exactly. a good habit to get into. Definitely. And, you know, that's even something that I sometimes talk to my clients about is, you know, going on as part of their homework, which they absolutely love when I give them homework, <laughs> um, is to, you know, go on their social media and start unfollowing pages that, you know, don't fill them up, that do decrease their mood because at the end of the day, they're taking that in and that is affecting them going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to ask a question that when we actually connected, I was a little unsure of as well and I got a little bit confused. So I think this is going to be something that a lot of people will resonate with. And it's the difference between self-worth and self-esteem. Are you able to explain that to both me and the rest of us? (laughs) Yes. And I think it's something that is super confusing because they're I, I, I see that there is such a huge overlap in there. Mm-hmm. And I guess what we find is that there is a hierarchy of importance between the two. How I see the two is that self-worth comes before self-esteem and self-worth is kind of like the foundation. It's like the trunk and the roots of a tree and self-esteem is like the branches because, and this is I actually a really analogy. nice quote. Oh my gosh, right? I'm all about analogies. Okay, sorry, keep going. <laughs> Your quote. Oh, yes, yep. <laughs> the quote that I found that I think is really helpful with the distinction between the two is that self esteem is how you see yourself, whereas self worth is how you value yourself. Mm, so I like that. Can you say that yeah, again? Yeah, yep. So self esteem is how you see yourself, and self worth is how you value yourself. I feel like I need it's like pretty a punchy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like I, I need to right? <laughs> Maybe we should do a post on that. Yeah. But I guess, and also another really, I guess, important quote that stuck with me when I was first doing my research was from Dr. Christina Hibbert, who is also a clinical psychologist. And what she said was, self-esteem is what we think and feel and believe about ourselves. Self-worth is recognizing that I am greater than all of those things. It's a deeper knowing that I'm of value, I'm lovable and necessary to life. And I was like, oh, love that. Wow, that is, yeah, that's phenomenal. And I guess when you explain it like that, you can see how, yeah, it is that, I guess, underpinning roots to your self-esteem essentially, because if you have low self-worth, then it would be very hard to have a high self-esteem or even a moderate self-esteem. Exactly. And I guess self-worth is that internal sense of being good enough, you know, mm. whereas self-esteem sometimes comes from, I guess, our careers or relationships, whereas self-worth is that, you know, it's that inter- internal sense of being, you know, worthy. So the hard question here is then how is our self-worth developed or influenced? Yeah, and that's a great question because I guess it can be influenced and developed in many different ways. You know, a a lot of the time our self-worth comes from our past, um, our childhood and adult experiences, you know, if there were any traumas that occurred, um, our core beliefs or wounds, and also self-worth can be developed and influenced to protect ourselves against what we fear. So this could be against abandonment or rejection from others, 
Um, and also it can come from our inner critic and our negative core beliefs about ourselves. So those are obviously how we can have, you know, I guess a negative sense of self-worth. Um, and, you know, those people that tend to have a really nourishing childhood where, you know, their parents kind of explain to them emotional intelligence and how to regulate and, and I guess, oh, right. (laughs) And, and it's something that's kind of, I guess, coming in more and more now, right? Like we're seeing how, you know, mental health and mental well-being is kind of at the forefront. And I think especially since COVID. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And I think it is, isn't it? It's so, so fascinating. And I guess, you know, that that I- ideal kind of childhood and ideal, you know, teenage years and young adulthood creates and, and helps us create a more, I guess, positive sense of self-worth. Yeah. So our self-worth, it sounds like, is primarily sort of created through our upbringing. So whether it be through our childhood or like really defining experiences, whether they be positive, I guess, or negative or traumatic. What does that mean then for, you know, if we, you know, are now in our adulthood and we've recognized that, you know, our self-worth is not the greatest. And yes, that might've been as a result of, you know, not the most ideal childhood or through some traumatic events that might've happened throughout our upbringing. Mm. Is it something that we can change or is it that, you know, we're, we've had these things happen to us, therefore our self-worth is just going to be what it is. No, it's it's definitely something that we can change. And I definitely think that when our self-worth is, you know, I guess quite negative or quite low, it is something that is important to work with a therapist, you know, about and with because sometimes some of those, I guess, experiences, whether it be from childhood or early adulthood, you know, can be quite triggering and quite traumatic. So, it's definitely something that w- when it is, you know, very negative or very low, it's important to work alongside someone mm. because obviously everyone's experience is going to be different um, and, you know, people could be triggered by different things. And so, you know, you'll find that I'm very ethical in that stance that I, I think that everyone should kind of work with a therapist on these kind of issues. But I guess some things that you can do, is I guess look at you know I guess the language that you're using towards yourself so that inner critic that I'm sure you probably come across every now and then that bitch (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's such an accurate representation right (laughs) oh she's with me most days (laughs) right and I think you know it's it's about normalizing that like even me myself who has worked you know with self-worth for so many years you know if I've had a bad sleep or, you know, a fight with my partner or, you know, I'm super busy with work and haven't focused on self-care enough, you know, I experience all of these things as well. And I've got to really take a step back and make sure that it doesn't, you know, I, I guess uh, affect me with how I come across day to day. But we all have that inner critic. Mm. Yeah. And I, the one thing I think that really, I guess, for me has been a turning point in understanding, you know, where my self-worth has come from and the things that have influenced it over my childhood and my adolescence Mm. is, I guess, going to therapy and sort of looking through, you know, what my childhood and my adolescence look like. And I think one of the things that for me 
was really surprising is that like, you know, if you asked me on paper, like what was my childhood like and what was my adolescence like, I'd be like, yeah, it was, it was fine. Like it was, it was good. Yeah. But then when yeah. you actually start to get to like break down, well, why do I believe that about myself and yes. really pull it back? You can then, I feel like uncover things that even you didn't realize were, you know, such significant events. Exactly. And it can be really confronting, right? Like when you look at that, oh, so confronting. And that's why I think it's so important to work with someone on that because otherwise it can feel really overwhelming. But yeah, exactly like what you said, like um, our childhood on paper could look amazing, but there could have been little things that we've forgotten about, whether it be, you know, bullying from someone from school or having a really, I guess, you know, negative or toxic relationship with a friend or an early boyfriend yeah absolutely and I think that yeah like I said it is it's sometimes even hard for ourselves to see that those things might have had an impact on the way that we still view ourselves today yes because you know you might not have seen them as that bad or you know you had everything that you thought that you wanted growing up and it yeah it, it wasn't so bad that it's like I guess, quote unquote, a traumatic event, rather it was yes. more like a, an extended duration of, you know, little things or something like that. Exactly. And I think, you know, with society and and everything up until now, it's kind of like traumas had to be something really big, like a war or, yeah. you know, a really traumatic event, right? And I think that, you know, everyone experiences traumas and I I like to say, and I've kind of switched my language around traumas, and I, I've sometimes and usually now call them soul wounds. Oh my because god! Because I think I love it. Yeah, isn't that like a lot more nourishing? Uh, I'm, I'm using that. <laughs> yeah, you can totally. Use I'll, that. I'll reference you. <laughs> That's okay. I'm pretty sure I, I was talking to a colleague, and I actually read it in a book, and. I'm pretty sure it was from Russ Harris. Oh, I love um, Russ who's Harris. One of, yeah, isn't he amazing? Oh. One of the, I guess, key influences with acceptance and commitment therapy. And it was one of, I'm pretty sure it was his most recent book. And I, I've just held on to that since. And I just think it's such a beautiful analogy because, you know, it does feel like a wound and it does feel like it's, you know, something that's kind of hit our soul. And I think it kind of reduces that, you know, impactful language of what a trauma kind of is. Yeah. Like it's, I, I think tr- traumas just sound really intense, right? Exactly. And it sounds like, uh, and again, this is just speaking from my personal experience, it sounds like something yes. that you almost don't feel worthy of using unless you've had yes. a really, I guess, traumatic event that it's like, oh, well, that didn't happen to me. Like you start comparing what your traumas are. Exactly right. And I think it doesn't feel like that. It's like it was my soul and it hurt my soul. So therefore it's a soul wound to me. Exactly. Yep. It's authentic to yourself, not, you know, outsourced out. And I think society is kind of, I guess, brought to light this toxic positivity and this right. (laughs) I love that you just snickered then because I was like, yes, you feel this too. (laughs) I can't do it. Around yeah, but around traumas, like, oh, yours wasn't that bad so it's not a trauma and it really subdues people's um I guess emotions and reactions and it's really invalidating absolutely and the other thing I always think like I mean I've got like the worst inner critic that I I honestly think that anyone could ever have it's like you not think I already thought of that like you don't need to tell me yes (laughs) be quiet I sometimes get people to name the inner critic so it's like okay be quiet Sharon I'm I'm Becky (laughs) 
Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I feel like Sharon, yeah. and this is no offense to Sharon, Karens, and Becky's, but I feel no. like they're like the three key names I've heard referring to in the critics. Yes, right. I feel like they do have that association, and nothing against you guys who are listening Absolutely. and have that name. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, with self worth, when we have a low yes. self worth, what I guess are the negative consequences of having a low self worth? Like, why can't we just? have a low self-worth and continue living our lives normally. Yeah. And I guess, you know, low self-worth literally affects everything. And I think it's something to really keep in the forefront of your mind where, you know, if you don't value yourself internally, it's really hard to do anything externally as well. So, you know, when you have a low self-worth, it, it affects you know, your ability to go for that job that, you know, you you wanted to go for because you feel like you're not worthy of it. It affects your relationships. You may be less likely to go on a date if you don't feel worthy of yourself. It literally affects everything and it holds us back from so much in our life. And I'm sure, and actually, you know, this is something that I find with my clients that I work with. They may come in for anxiety or stress but it's actually this underlying negative self-worth mm. that's actually stemming all of that because it's holding them back from going out. And so their anxiety is increasing. So it's it's something that if not worked on, it's going to hold you back. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess from a nutrition standpoint, it's something that I see is a real hindrance to behavior change because if yes. you don't believe that you are worthy of, you know, improving yourself and working on yourself and being the healthiest and happiest version of you, then it's going to be really hard to make change. And self-sabotage is going to be something that is going to occur regularly. And what I always have said is that it's not about, you know, a lack of discipline or anything like that. It's literally that the self-worth there is impacting your ability to believe in yourself and therefore to make the changes. Exactly. Yep. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's so, so true. And I think, you know, that self-sabotage just impacts everything, right? Like if, if we, you know, like self-sabotage, like all of it. (laughs) Exactly. I actually did uh, in my final honors year, I did my thesis on self-sabotage in romantic relationships. And I guess, you know, it really brought to light how, impactful self-sabotage is right it's so interesting I I find psychology just yeah. the most fascinating topic oh right <laughs> I froth on it yeah. that's why I did it <laughs> maybe I need to go back to uni <laughs> yeah do it do it join us <laughs> uh, so is there anything that we can do um like oh like practices or anything like that that are going to improve our self-worth so obviously going to see a psychologist and understanding like you know where this has come from and what's impacted our self-worth growing up but are there any practices that we could do at home yeah definitely so I think something that's really important is to start I guess looking at your boundaries and this is something that I hate that um, I love it (laughs) healthy boundaries um it's (laughs) it's something that I guess you can look at you know without seeing a therapist but I think it's something that's important to work with with a therapist is looking at your boundaries and if they're healthy or you know if 
because we talk about the three main boundary styles and that's healthy, porous and rigid. So porous boundaries are when, you know, we kind of just blurt out everything to everyone and anyone that listens. We, you know, take on too much from others. We just don't have, you know, very good boundaries for ourselves. And then rigid boundaries is where, you know, we're really closed off to others. We don't allow people in. Um, and I guess that obviously impacts, you know, how we see the world and, and how we, I guess, are within a community. And then healthy boundaries is kind of that happy medium where we say no when we need to. We, you know, respect our own needs. Um, we respect what we need in that moment. So working on boundaries can be really helpful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also looking at our values. So, you know, how we want to live our life, what our core values are. So for me, like a core value is authenticity. You know, I I like to, you know, I guess show up in life and in the therapy space as, you know, authentic as possible because otherwise I'm not going to be able to give, you know, the right advice or show up, you know, how I want to be around others. So looking at your core values can be really helpful and there's, I guess, different journal prompts online to do that uh, or, you know, worksheets that you can do to kind of look at your values Again, um, this is where Ross Harris might be quite useful as oh, well. I feel like the happiness trap so is helpful. a really good starting point. For, and, and I don't like the yes. title, The Happiness Trap. I feel like it sounds no. really self-helpy. When, I guess it is a self-help book. Yes. But the the chapters on values, I think, is a really good starting point for um, yes. that sort of work. Definitely. And he actually has some worksheets online. So if you just type in like Russ Harris on Google, some of his worksheets are actually on values exploration. So I think that's, yeah, super, super helpful and really straightforward. Uh, And I guess some other ways to really improve your self-worth if you're just starting on your journey is to start using more assertive communication styles, which can be really I guess hard for people that are people pleasers. It feels confronting uh, as soon as you said that to me. (laughs) Right? I also think the word assertive just sounds really intense as well. Like I feel like we need to come up with a different term for that. And and I don't know whether it's a female thing as well. Like, you know, that females are notoriously, you know, there to please people and that's just been our expected role for generations. But to me, that word and, you know, be more assertive is like, oh, like it's scary. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I think whenever I do work with clients around this, I almost get this kind of, um, like they go rigid mm. in the seat when I bring up that term. And it's, you know, once they start actually working on assertive communication styles, it's like they become this whole new, you know, woman. Like it's like, yes, like I'm standing in my truth. I'm kind of, you know, putting my needs first. And that obviously helps your self-worth because you're listening to your body and, you know, you're asserting what you need. Yeah, and doing what you want as opposed to what you feel like you need to do for other people. Exactly, exactly. And I guess something else that's really important is finding little practices to really nourish your body and your mind. So, you know, things like, you know, the food that you eat. So, you know, following an amazing page like yours or, you know, going and exercising. I think don't discount those things that you do daily. That really impacts your self-worth because if you're, you know, showing up and treating your body kindly and nourishing it, you're more likely going to treat yourself and talk to yourself kinder. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would actually say like, I mean, it sort of goes both ways. It's a bit chicken and egg there as well. Like if you 
believe that you are worth, you know, treating yourself kindly, then you're more likely to treat yourself kindly. But then if you treat yourself yes. kindly, then you're more likely to believe it as well. So it sort of is like a, exactly. a, cycle, a good cycle though. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm sure everyone's been there where, you know, you wake up and you do an amazing kind of exercise class or run or whatnot. And then the rest of the day, you want to just treat yourself kindly. Mm. You're like, I don't want to, you know, eat anything that makes me feel really bad in my body in whatever way that is, you know, I, I want to you know, continue feeling this good. Yeah. So yeah, it's don't discount how important, you know, exercise and, you know, eating well and, you know, self-caring does to your body and your mind. I think self-care is something that really, I guess, improves your self-worth as well, because if you're listening to your body and caring for it, which is obviously what self-care is, that is going to impact your self-worth. Absolutely. And I think for me, self-care has gone from this word that's like face masks and, oh, masks right. and stuff too. <laughs> like that was when I first thought of self-care, that's sort of what I thought of and sort of thought of it being yes. a bit like, not woo-woo, but a bit just like yeah. airy-fairy. And yes. the way that, yeah, I now sort of think about it is it's like what are like, it's like self-preservation. Like what are the things exactly. that I need to do to keep me alive? Yes, it, 100%. And I think self-care can even be, you know, doing that thing on your to-do list that you've been putting off. Yeah, or because booking the appointment with a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or doing that course or whatever it might be because that obviously innately makes you feel better. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got three questions that our incredible community have submitted for you to answer, and they are incredible questions. I was actually blown out of the water when I saw these <laughs> questions. They were so insightful. Um, so I'm going to Amazing. read out one of them, and yeah, just whatever comes to top of your mind, how you would answer this question. Let's say it was a client asking you the question. So the first yeah. one is, how do we get out of habits like believing our worth is based on our outcomes or what we achieve? Mm, wow, that's big, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I think also before I get into this as well, I do have to do a little disclaimer here yeah. um, that this isn't individualized therapy and to seek, you know, a therapist going forward. That's just a disclaimer that I have to say being a psychologist. Absolutely. Um, as always, with yeah. everything that you see on, yeah, I mean, on our websites and everything, we've also got all of the disclaimers in place that everything that you hear is educational purposes only. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the things we have to say, right? Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's such a wonderful question. And I think, first of all, it's about bringing awareness to the habits and understanding why it's coming up. Mm -hmm. So this is where a therapist can be really helpful or utilizing journaling or something like that. Um, just to kind of, I guess, bring awareness, bring it into your consciousness a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's also about remembering that you're a human being and to be kind to yourself. And that we do get some worth based on outcomes and, you know, that it's okay that that happens, but we also need to find worth deeper within ourselves. So this is where, you know, learning boundaries, um, you know, learning to be assertive, you know, putting your needs first is so important. And I guess, you know, this is where you can look at, you know, your inner critic and the language that you use around that and your core beliefs. And I guess this is all kind of work that I do within sessions, but also on my course that I'm bringing out as well, because I think, you know, that is such a hard topic at the end of the day. Absolutely. Like, it, it, yeah, it's, it's really difficult. And 
I actually also, and this is a little um, punch to go to my Instagram, but a couple of days ago, I actually did a post on how to change habits mindfully. So I think that, yeah, that might even be a good post to kind of have a look through with just looking at those habits and why they were created and how to start looking at them in a more mindful way. Yeah. And I think somebody like, I really resonate with this statement that, you know, I've come from a place where even growing up, you know, my self-worth was based on what I achieved and something that I Mm. found really helpful that my psychologist sort of gave to me. So I don't know whether this is good advice or not. You can (laughs) correct it if it's not. (laughs) One of the things that I found really helpful is thinking about who I am if I achieve nothing. And that's really confronting because you, like I've based my self-worth on achieving in the past. And so to sort of take all of that away and go, well, what happens if I lose everything? Like what happens if I lose all of the things that I've ever achieved in my life or I never achieve again? And where am I finding my worth as a person? Mm -hmm. Amazing. And I think that's where it really ties into like what we talked about at the start of the podcast, having that internal sense of worth, Mm -hmm. you know, that no matter what the outcomes are, you know, what comes up. It's about having this, I guess it's kind of like an anchor in a storm, right? Like even if, you know, all of these things kind of happen in our lives, you know, dropping our anchor and kind of being able to just be okay through that storm until it kind of, you know, the the storm kind of settles and it's a clear day again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that actually kind of answers the second question, which is how do you really believe that you have the worth you have worth, sorry, uh, even when people, you know, might be telling you that you're worthy, but you Mm. don't quite believe it yet. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think it's also about, because I guess it's a difficult world that we live in where, you know, there is a lot of toxic positivity and it's kind of like this movement of, you know, telling yourself that you're amazing and you're beautiful. And I guess, you know, when you don't feel that, that's really hard to, I guess, will authentically feel Mm. and so a good stepping stone is to be more neutral or to bring gratitude to yourself instead so you know uh, what I mean by this is kind of looking at yourself internally um and and or externally and going okay well instead of going I love my body you could be like I'm really grateful for my body Mm. you know it, it allows me to kind of you know get up daily and and do the tasks that I need to um, and that's kind of bringing in gratitude instead of that, you know, it's almost that toxic positivity or, or, you know, bringing in language that you don't believe yet. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because I literally was having this moment yesterday. I was reflecting like on my own Instagram and everything. And I was like, I feel like I'm almost the opposite of toxic positivity where like, I just share it. Yeah. Really like, and I'm like, is that bad? Like, am I just being like a negative Nelly? And <laughs> I'm just like, no, I, I was like, you know so. what? Like that's the reality is like, you know, I'm somebody who has struggled with my mental health and do struggle with my mental health. And that's my reality. And that's me sharing my reality. And I've actually had people message me on Instagram before saying, you know, why don't you just, you know, believe that you're, you know, you've got more energy, you know, you're always saying that you're tired and you've always saying this. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, yeah. And and I think for me, the, the whole gratitude thing for me is that like, it, my mental health is not going to be great every day, but I appreciate yes. that. Well, you're human. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that I'm human and that I'm going to have days where my mental health is not great. And I know that those days will come and go. And I'm also like, and I don't know whether this is the right way to sort of be about it, but there are parts of my mental health struggles that I'm grateful for because they have shaped who I am. Yes, 
Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a beautiful way of posing it. And I think it's just remembering that, you know, everyone experiences mental health days. And that's why I think it's, I get really excited when I hear of clients that work for companies that actually have mental health days now, like I, instead of six day, sick days, I think that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, even me myself, like, I, you know, I try and practice what I preach and obviously I'm a psychologist, like it's, it's what I talk about daily, but you know, there's days where I wake up and I just cry and I'm like, okay, I'm just having one of those days where I need to just feel the feels, you know, I might need to postpone my clients because I can't show up authentically and hold space for them. And that's okay. Like it's, it's about recognizing that there will be good days for your mental health and there'll be bad days. And, you know, it's just about bringing self-compassion, I guess, towards yourself. And I'm Another really big topic that I'm so passionate about is self-compassion, you know, treating ourselves how we would treat, you know, a friend or a loved one. So I think on the back of this podcast, we've got two more that we need to record, self-compassion and boundaries. Uh (laughs) Yes, I am so for this. Let's do a series. (laughs) Um, Okay, so my final question, and this is quite a specific question to situations. So it's how to improve, and it actually came up twice how to improve resilience Mm. and self-worth in the workplace. And there was a couple of spins on this, you know, specifically speaking to like toxic workplaces. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is something that honestly so many people experience. Like even I have worked in workplaces that have been quite toxic. You know, I've been, I guess, on the receiving end of bullying at a workplace, you know, I've, I've, been in this space and so this is another topic that I'm so passionate about and I guess just to get started on that journey it's about getting clear on your values and what's important to you you know like and so this is where you could do something like the Russ Harris um, values exploration something like that Um, another really great way is to make sure that you've got really good connections around you so this is mainly around that resilience side Mm. you know having a really good community behind you having really good friends you know even us introverts we need you know connections and we need yeah oh I am such an introvert (laughs) I love that you already knew that I was though (laughs) yeah 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 exactly (laughs) um this is why we work um (laughs) I need like an hour nap after we've done this podcast (laughs) all right (laughs) I was thinking too um But having like a really good community behind you really helps with our resilience. Um, And I guess finding things outside of your work that bring you joy. So, you know, trying to have hobbies or, you know, this could kind of stem back into exercise or yoga or that side of things. Because having, you know, I guess activities and things outside of your work just really helps, again, uh, I guess, increase your resilience, but helps your self-worth as well. Yeah. But if it is a toxic workplace, I think it's something to start, I guess, looking for a different workplace, for lack of better words. I, Slowly I start agree. finding a new job. Yeah. yeah. If, it, if it's and, not something that you can change within the current workplace, and I think this is where, like you said earlier, the whole exactly. being assertive is an assertive on your boundaries and assertive on your values is really yes. important. But if that's not then received, then I feel like that's where you do actually need to look for other workplaces if that is an option. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that you said if that's an option, you know, because sometimes it isn't. And so, again, it's about working within your means if that isn't something that you can do. So whether it be talking to your management, talking to a higher up, you know, I guess putting your needs first and talking to them about 
why you know the workplace and this is quite confronting right oh like God. it's it's quite confronting <laughs> I've, I had to have conversations like this you know where I had to be assertive and kind of bring up things that you know were really hard for me and the first couple of times I cried during you know meetings like this because which I don't think you know, we like I think that's a really scary thing like I and I've been the same in similar situations but on reflection now I think that we need to like embrace the humanity of you know that if something is a confronting and scary situation you may cry and that does not mean that you failed that conversation no and I think if anything it shows that you're passionate about it Mm -hmm. and it's something that is important to you you know so it's about recognizing that you know you may have an emotional response and if you feel invalidated in that, that's another sign that, you know, that person or that workplace probably isn't the best place exactly for you. So, yeah, I think the last step is to really start and obviously depending on, you know, your circumstances and if you can, just slowly start looking for other work or another place to be if it isn't something that fills you up and if all of those other steps don't help. Absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel oh my gosh, right? Like it's it's never okay for that. And I think it's important to remember that we spend most of our time either asleep or at work, you know, throughout our life. So, you know, it's about having a good mattress and a good pillow. And it's about having, you know, the most, I guess, positive, if possible, workplace that you can have. Absolutely. I love that so much. Thank you so yeah. much, Beck. That has been such an incredible conversation. And I feel like that oh, myself and you. everybody are going to take so many notes from that. I'm going to listen back to it and write down <laughs> a few points myself. Um, oh, I love that. Thank you so much for having me. Like, I think this is just a topic that we need to talk about more and more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have no doubt that we will have you back on the podcast as soon as possible to um, yes. delve into some of those <laughs> other topics. Now, where can we find you online? What's your Instagram handle? Yeah, amazing. So my Instagram handle is at psychologist Rebecca M. So it's a bit of a mouthful, I know, but it's <laughs> at psychologist Rebecca M. And I do have a website as well, but I am mainly on my Instagram, but my website is www.rebeccarmpsychology.com. Amazing. Um, and- but I'm very active on Instagram. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, and you're based in Corumbin and the Gold Coast, um, but offer yes. online consultations, I believe, as well. Is that right? I do. So I'm really excited because at the moment I've only recently just started my practice, my own practice. So I do. Yeah, thank you so much. It's such a big stepping stone. Um, but I, I do currently have some availability, which is really exciting because all throughout COVID, you know, I've had my books closed for two years. So it's nice to be able to start offering that. Um, yeah, and, and I do. Self-worth course. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, so yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was literally about to say <laughs> that. I love that. Um, I do have a self worth course coming up uh, as well. So I'm just finalising that. I have a workshop that I'm doing in person this weekend, and then I will start offering that online, which I'm so excited for because, yeah, like I, you know, connect with people all around the world and all around Australia. So it's nice to be able to actually offer things for everyone not just people in the gold coast yeah that's incredible well thank you so much for your time beck and i look forward to speaking to you again soon yes can't wait for our next two (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you so much 
Thanks everyone for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And please, if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to share it on social media and tag myself at Marika Day or at Fueled by Marika Day. Enjoy your week and see you next week.